Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Just kidding. I'm not Carol Baskin. <laughs> but just wanted to give you a cat-related uh, note that at about 12 minutes and 17 minutes in, that nobody is in fact dying. It's just my guest Aaron's cat was meowing to get into the room, and then she was let in, and all is fine. I uh, hope you enjoy today's episode, and let's get this thing started. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today to this uh, week's episode of Wed Talk, where we talk weddings. Um, I like to uh, present this podcast to people that are either in the middle of planning their wedding, to people that are in the industry and they are a vendor, or just any entrepreneurs at large who will be able to take away something from any of these chats regarding these small businesses. So today I am bringing on my friend Aaron Martin of Aaron Martin Photography, a SoCal-based photography company. And Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Uh, and by here, I mean virtually here. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad glad we could make this work. Um, I always like to start when I have a guest on by asking the question, how do we know each other? Yes. So we met in January of 2020. So actually not very long before this podcast is being recorded. And we met at a wedding, of course, where Eric was coordinating and planning on behalf of some of his actually really good friends and also clients. And I photographed their wedding. So we got to meet there and work together and we hit it off. And here we are. We hit it off. It was, it was such a good day. Uh, it was such a pleasure working with you. Um, you also did something that I love that vendors do for each other is you wrote me a review um, after the event and, uh, and gave me some you know, positive you know, feedback. And that was, that was so great to, to get that because that's, that's something that you know, I've done for people when I'm kind of blown away by you know, their service, how great they are. Uh, I know we communicated obviously a little bit in advance because we didn't just start talking on the day of. Um, so we had some kind of communication in advance, but you really don't know how to work with somebody until you're in the thick of it on the day of the wedding, how you know, you're going to interact with each other, how you're going to work with each other. Um, and so I just thought it was really special that um, you went out of your way to do that and highly encourage you know, all vendors to do that for each other, especially if you've had you know, an amazing experience with working with somebody else in the industry, regardless of, you know, their market, because, you know, Aaron is based in um, Southern California, I'm based out of Houston. And so, you know, those reviews kind of will go far, it doesn't necessarily have to be within your market. And then since then, we stayed in touch by, you know, texting, FaceTiming, coffee dates. And yeah, it wasn't even that long ago. Um, and so on one of our actual recent uh, FaceTime coffee dates that we just did, uh, Aaron brought up something that I thought would be really great for us to talk about on the podcast. Um, and she's really passionate. Uh, and I then was like, this best wording I could have thought of for this is getting demand for better service in the wedding industry. I'm going to say that again for people in the back, getting demand for better service in the wedding industry. Erin, let's dive in. <laughs> yes. So I actually read this quote 
talking about this concept in a creative magazine called Woven, which I was just kind of reading recently since we have a lot of time on our hands right now. So much time. And, <laughs> and I saw it and connected with it immediately because I have been on the flip side of hiring vendors when I got married and also in a previous consulting job where I would help with event planning and management. And anytime I came across a vendor that didn't seem excited to interact with me or hear from me or even tell me about their services, I instantly wanted to turn the other direction and look for someone else to replace them because I'm so passionate about the wedding industry because I've been in the shoes of those clients and even not being in their shoes, you can tell how stressful it is to plan a wedding and everything that there is that goes into it. And I think that having an amazing team of vendors who really cares about you and supports you and wants the best for you completely changes that experience to one that could be stressful to one that can be amazing. So I think that every couple deserves that. And that's why I'm really picky about the people that I review or want to refer because I want them to have the same energy and positivity and excitement for it since we're really all in this together. So that's my initial thought on that. Idea. Yeah. That, I mean, number one, I mean, the, the whole stay at home, work from home mindset of we're all in this together, you know, we are on this global thing, but then when you shrink down, you know, what it is, this event that is, you know, taking place and all these people were literally all in this together, we all have the same client as well. Like we're all individually hired by the same person. And so our goal is to then help them do the thing that we were hired to do for them, but as a group and not impeding on each other as well. I think one of the things that I loved about our interactions prior to the wedding that we worked together was uh, something that I've experienced uh, working as a planner. And I'm sure you probably have as well as a photographer some of the disconnect that sometimes happens between a wedding photographer and a wedding videographer about getting the shot. And like, I just, it irks me so much when I feel like there's that contention between those vendors and, Definitely. and it just, it doesn't make for a great day because then there's tension between them and that tension can be felt by the couple. It can be felt by the guest, especially if you were literally like, trying to like elbow nudge and stand in front of, you know, someone to get the shot. Like, I don't know if you watch The Office, but that episode when um, it's uh, Angela's baby Phillips, like first birthday, and they're positioning people for pic like pictures like, oh, Oscar, you stand here. And Angela's behind Oscar and she like nudges and shoves her shoulder. Like you can see and feel that when it happens at a wedding between like a videographer and a photographer trying to quote, get the shot, but it's like their job, they have to get it. and. I going through that enough times now know if I have, you know, both of those people on a vendor team, I will connect them and be like, y'all talk, please. Like you guys introduce, if you haven't worked together before, talk about lighting, talk about flash, talk about how you guys will be able to work together. So that way the day will go smoother on the day of. And how did, how did that work on your end? Number one, did you feel like that was helpful getting that communication in advance? And then two, have you had some horror stories without naming names? Of course. Yes. Communication ahead of time, I think is key when working with a videographer or a photographer that you haven't worked with before. And so I work as a photographer. And so for me, I actually try to reach out to any videographer that I'm working with ahead of time before a wedding as well, in addition to any communication that the planner is involved in too, just because I really want to try and make that personal connection and just 
basically break the ice and say, Hey, I'm excited to work with you. I know we mm -hmm. haven't gotten to work together. I've looked at your portfolio. I love what I see. Obviously, if that's the case, <laughs> and, <laughs> we almost um, told the truth here. We don't lie here. So, um, and I think it, it does really help though, to just say, you know, I'm looking forward to this experience. Let me know if you need anything from me or if there's any questions that you have that I can help answer. And then same thing on the wedding day, touching base throughout to basically make sure that you are working together, like we said. And one helpful tip that I've recognized as a photographer is a lot of times what I see videographers do is set up multiple cameras for like a ceremony setup, for example, or even for a first look. And something that I That's request a really is- good tip. Yeah, that first of all, do that if you're a videographer, highly recommend. But second of <laughs> all, what I do as a photographer is if the camera is stationary, it's on a tripod, I'll ask the videographer, hey, can I take a look at the um, screen on the back of your camera so I can see where your shot is? Because then I know where to stand so I won't be in your way. And just trying to look out for them because first of all, I don't want to piss off the videographer. And I know that their job is a little harder than the photographer in the sense that if I step in front of their camera at a crucial moment, they have to cut. They It's not like a, a photo where it's instantaneous. They have uh -huh. to keep rolling. So I try to be very cognizant of that. But second of all, of course, I'm trying to think about the client because the client is going to be receiving photos and videos. And so I don't want them to look back at this and think, oh my gosh, seriously, we didn't get a whole shot of our first look because the photographer stepped in front of the videographer. Uh -huh. I just think that's rude. And so I see it going both ways. Like I definitely don't have a perspective as a photographer that like videographers are rude or something like that. It's like everybody has to work together and be on the same team. And I've seen it go badly both ways and really positively both ways. Um, one other thing I wanted to say too that I think goes along with this idea and with the wedding industry in general when it comes to creating demand for better service is I've been thinking there's sort of like these three segments to being in the wedding industry and just being a small business owner in general. I think you really need out. to have a creative. Okay. So number one, I think you need to have a creative eye and a really strong grasp of your craft. So you just need to be good at what you do artistically and creatively. Second of all, I think you really need to have a mindset that is looking out for your client in all ways. And then the third piece of that is that you really need to be an ethical stand-up business owner. And I think that you need all three of these components in the wedding industry because it's not just one thing. Like if you are a diehard artist, you might not be, this might not be the place for you because it's a service industry. And so mm -hmm. if you're willing to put your art above everything else, you're probably going to step on a lot of toes. And ultimately that can really hurt your reputation yeah. and also hurt your clients because you're not looking out for them. Um, and then of course, when it comes to the business owner piece of it, you can't just be looking out for your client or just be um, artistic, creative person, you need to actually do it right. Like pay your taxes, <laughs> have good contracts, look out for your fellow business owners, because mm -hmm. I think that we all, we can elevate each other together. If we are able to look out for each other and provide helpful feedback or advice or reviews or any of those things. And so I think it just comes down to having a humble attitude and not thinking that you're all that, like, you know, the couple's all that and that's what we want. So. Oh my gosh. Those are three great, absolutely great, great things <laughs> that you, yes, you can't have or be too much of one of those things. Otherwise, you won't be successful. You, if you are too creative or focused on the art, like you said, then you're going to 
oh, you're going to think you're the most important. It's going to overshadow everything because then you don't have a client minded mindset like you had mentioned as the second thing, because you're not then taking into account the other people that that client has hired to make their day happen. And then how you then, you know, process and interact as a business owner. Those are, man, everybody listen up. If you are in the (laughs) wedding industry, thinking about getting in the industry, reflect on those three things and see if you've got all three. Um, If not, it's going to be really hard and probably challenging for you to be successful and have, you know, that return business have uh, getting, you said, those vendor referrals, vendor reviews, kind of building up that amazing community because, you know, it kind of all goes back to High School Musical. We're all in this together. (laughs) Amen to that. And I think something that's really been tossing around in my mind is just this idea that I think you as a wedding industry vendor really need to level with yourself and be honest with yourself and say, can I actually get the job done for these clients? Am I the right person for this job? And can I completely excel and go above and beyond for them Uh before you ever take on a job? Um, Because ultimately, because our job is to serve these clients, I think we're really doing them a disservice if we take on things that we're not prepared for, or we don't set expectations correctly, or we don't bring on the kind of help that we need. Like, for example, if you're a couple months out from a wedding as a photographer, and you're realizing, oh my gosh, this guest list has tripled somehow, They're, the timeline is packed, and the couple hasn't hired a second shooter, it's your job as the photographer to set expectations and either recommend to the couple that they hire a second shooter or eat that cost because you need to serve your client well. And so I think there's all sorts of examples of this. I'm sure you can share so many of them as a wedding planner as well, where whether it's before the job even happens or in the midst of it, mm-hmm. we always need to be looking out for ways to just go above and beyond and serve them really well because ultimately they deserve it and they're investing a lot of hard earned cash in us. So we want to do a good job. Absolutely. And I think, I think it's where it comes down to things like, I know I have in, in my contract that, you know, the room needs to be like set up. Like I am not like the labor force for it of, you know, setting up tables and chairs for your, you know, 200 guests. Like either that's something the venue provides, something that the rental company is going to do that I'm you know, event management. I am managing other people doing all of the services to make it happen because if I'm then wasting my time by setting up tables and chairs, you know, it's, it's not like I could be then better helping you in situations if you have a problem with your dress or I could, you know, be there, you know, making sure the DJ's loading in correctly and not, you know, going in through the wrong door that the venue said not to go through. And then you get in trouble as the client because the vendor didn't listen and the vendor was doing it for you. Like, so there can be so many other things, Totally. but if I see like, okay, we need to set up an extra table or extra chairs or like there's something wrong go above and beyond step in like I will eat the cost of you know the time or have my you know assistant who I was gonna you know have focus on you know one thing or another focus on okay we need to like you know get moving get get chairs that like go above and beyond within reason as long as it's gonna benefit the client and make the overall experience better I think that's I think it's a really really good thing and that's that was the first thing that came to mind because I've, I've had that problem. That was something that I've worked into my contract because it's like, man, I then waste so much of my time during the day when I have, I want to say not to not be humble or like toot my own horn, but like I have better skills than just placing out the tables and chairs that would benefit you. It would be then overseeing and making sure when the linens are getting placed that they're, you know, even all the way around that you're not seeing, you know, the legs of the table, that the chairs aren't pushed all the way in when the linen is there, that like, 
the details and things that you've thought of, I'm then overseeing and making sure all those decisions that you spent over a year doing actually come to fruition. Um, yes. And that brings me to another, you know, we're all in this together kind of mindset is, is something that another photographer has brought up to me in the past is like when you are taking detail shots of like, you know, reception and, you know, place settings that if you're pulling out chairs, that you're putting them back. And that's something like (laughs) caterers, when they're like setting the table, they'll like, you know, set the silverware, they'll set the glass, they'll set the salad, they'll reach, they'll bump the chair, they'll push it in. And then it just boggles me sometimes. People just don't see it. And then like, you're like, wait, I just went around and made sure that all 200 of those chairs were not pushed in the linen. You didn't see the crease that like all of it's nice and, and dandy. But if then you happen as the photographer, when you're looking through your lens and you see like, oh, this is off. Like knowing that that's something that if the centerpiece isn't centered, I mean, it's called a centerpiece for a reason Mm -hmm. (laughs) that like you going that above and beyond to be like, okay, I can nudge it a little bit. I'm not going to fix all of them, but I can maybe make a note to the planner saying, Hey, I don't know what happened. If maybe it shifted or something, just having that eye and that awareness when you're on the day that again, we're all in this together, (laughs) working together, finding those little details, bringing it all together because we're all client-minded and we're all good business owners working on each mm-hmm. other's team. And that's also then brings it back to the creative eye that you can yes. see all that together. Yeah. So a couple of things came to mind when you were sharing about that. I think when it comes to detail photos, I'm totally in agreement with you. I, as a photographer, will often kind of get in there and do my thing. Sometimes when we get to um, a reception space that's been set up, there are little salt and pepper shakers sitting on the tables. And I always remove those as a photographer when I take detail photos. Oh my gosh. I'm covering it, my eyes right now. You can't see this people, <laughs> but that is one of my it's ginormous pet, peeve, right? pet peeves of getting detail shots back. Like, cause do I have the time to go around to all 20 of your tables and like tuck them away behind the table number? No, no. I don't. But if you are the photographer taking the moment to just get the picture of the one table, or if you're doing like a room shot, the table that's mm-hmm. right smack dab in front or like the one, two, oh my gosh, sorry to interrupt, but like, yes, continue. No, that's, I mean, but that's the thing is, I think there are certain things like that where occasionally I'll get in there and basically get involved, quote unquote, a little bit, but I always return items that I moved as soon as I'm done because I don't want to have an entire table missing their salt and pepper shakers or whatever. And the catering staff is thinking, we already yes. did all this, like what's going on. So yes. I think definitely looking out for that is really important. And I think also just on the whole idea of photography and just the wedding process of the day, it's been really important for me to remember that the day is not about photos. The wedding day is about the couple that's getting married. And so when it comes to all of these things, I try to really keep that in mind and like I said, again, kind of check my ego at the door in the sense that I never want them to feel rushed or overwhelmed by me or anything like that. Uh-huh. And I think it just takes a, a an ability to kind of read the room and see how they're doing and even ask them like, hey, how are you doing right now? What would you like to do next so that they can choose? Because then I think it just helps everything flow a little bit easier and uh-huh. feel more relaxed and I hate rushing around and I assume other people do too. So I try to avoid that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, going back, back to my roots, like my first job was working at a subway, like, and I Mm -hmm. lived and thrived off of like 
the lunch rush or the dinner rush or like the line would be up to the door. And it's like, you have to do everything as fast as you can. Like I can thrive in those situations, but when it comes to someone's, you know, wedding day and you're wanting to make it perfect and you're wanting to do your services as best as you can for them, you know, being rushed, like, sure you can be good while rushing, but is it your best? Could it be, you know, yes. the best? Are they enjoying the experience as well? Like you said, like they're not feeling rushed. They're able to soak in the day. So they're not literally being taken from point A to B to C to D to E to F to G, like in succession. And then like, huh, huh, what? Oh, here. Okay. Look here. Okay. Smile. Like letting them enjoy it as well. I think that is absolutely a really good point. And I think, I think it comes, you know, you know, again, bringing it back to those three things that you mentioned of, you know, having that creative eye and a strong grasp on your craft of, you know, understanding the big picture is there's a wedding and I'm hired, hired to, to shoot or do whatever your service is. Then within that, you know, getting those different types of shots that, you know, you quote typically get or the couples requested and then the details of it down to like a, the salt and pepper shaker that like all that needs to be, you know, considered. And that all then goes back to our main topic of people who like their jobs. Like you will notice these things if you like your job and you understand those like layers of the globalness of what you're doing in the moment. Like it's just, I'm like mind boggled at the people that continue to work in weddings, but don't like think about these things or they're just not aware. Uh, and it's hurting them if they're not yeah. paying attention to those things. Cause it goes back to, like you said, okay, what do you guys want to do next? Like asking that question, being client focused, client minded about the, the way you're even handling the day. Um, yeah. Super important. I mean, I think it's, we are so fortunate to have the jobs that we have. And I try to remember that all the time because we get to come to a bunch of weddings. First of all, who doesn't want to go to a wedding? Like everybody's happy and they're right. usually having a great experience. Hopefully I, in, most of the time. <laughs> yes, hopefully most of the time. But in my experience, I feel like I get to work with people often in just these best moments and these best celebrations. Mm -hmm. And that is such an honor, like as a photographer and I'm sure as a wedding planner too, we are present for moments that sometimes their best friends are not even there for, you know, we're yeah. out there doing romantic photos and it's usually me, the couple, and maybe the wedding planner that's there to help with any details or any adjustments or just make sure the couple has what they need. Nobody else is there. Like this mm -hmm. is just such a sacred time that I think that's what's mind blowing to me. If I do come across vendors who seem like they don't enjoy their job or their experience, it seems like in a way, maybe that isn't the right industry for you, but also maybe you just need to kind of have a reality check because I feel so fortunate that this job allows me to basically work from home and set my own schedule. And then on the weekends, I get to work with these amazing clients who, I mean, I feel like I've kind of been able to nail down branding or at least the communication aspect with my clients enough that I work with amazing people. Like mm -hmm. I seriously, no complaints. And so I think that that's definitely part of it too. But, you know, I just think that if possible, it's great to be able to enjoy your job and make the most of it. And so I try to remember that because I think it does really help make the whole experience more positive for me when I think, 
this is what I want to do. Like, this is my dream job. And so if I keep remembering that and focusing on that, then it makes the process easier because I'm more willing to problem solve than just kind of give up. Absolutely. I think something that you, you said is that like, it's an honor to be included for the wedding because they, they have a guest list. They had to like narrow yes. down people in their lives to say like, either based on the constraints of the size of their venue, based on the constraints of the size of their budget, they had to narrow down some people. And there may be, you know, people that they are actually related to that, you know, weren't able to make it because of, you know, scheduling in their life or, you know, friends from work that, you know, they maybe didn't know as well, but spend a lot of time with and maybe in the future will spend more time with and will become better friends. Definitely. But at that moment, they're like, I have to look at like, who can fit, who are the most important people to me. And they are literally, and I say this uh, on my, when I first get inquiries from clients, I immediately start by saying, thank you for considering inviting me to be a part of your wedding day. Because I think it's an invitation. Like when they inquire with you, you are essentially getting an invitation to their wedding. No, it's not the like pretty, you know, comes in an envelope, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. but it comes as an inquiry. It comes in as an email. I take that as seriously as an invitation to somebody's wedding because they are inviting you to be a part of their day, help capture it, help shape it, help form it, help make it come to life and then help make it be yes. a memory. Um, I absolutely love that. And then you also said, uh, in, on top of that, that you have loved your clients, you've kind of established your brand, your marketing to kind of capture the type of clients that you like to work with and you work with them. Do you get, when you tell people that you're just meeting for the first time or kind of new to knowing who you are and you tell them that you work in weddings, do the, is one of the first questions you always get, oh my gosh, you must have so many bridezillas. <laughs> Sometimes I do hear that, but I, I think, oh no, like you must've been to some bad weddings because that's not been my experience. Thank goodness. Yeah. Cause, and I, I, I ask that because I get that question all the time when I'm meeting somebody new that isn't in the industry, you know, new friend, new networking, whatever. And they say, Oh man, you must deal with so many bridezillas. And I'm like, I think TLC or whatever channel, you know, that show was on really did a terrible job of creating this like culture surrounding the client is the worst and they're going to have all these crazy demands. And I think that is, I mean, obviously it was produced. They were trying to get drama. They, it's just like those real housewives shows, like any of that kind of stuff where they're like literally just going for the drama and they're getting entertainment off of it, you know, trying to get you to watch it. It's the far end of the spectrum. There are far less people that are actually in that realm of people. It's really not that. And I have the same experience yeah. as well that my clients are like people I'd hang out with, like, <laughs> you know, yes. outside of this yes. job that we happen to come across each other, you know, for uh, this event in time in your life. But again, my typical or ideal client, I'd want to, you know, I would love to hang out with you. And actually, I don't know about you, but I end up hanging out with a lot of my clients after the wedding, whether it's, yeah, you know, same. grabbing coffee going to their birthdays, like they invite me to, to stuff like that and just being to, in different parts of their lives or when I've traveled, invited me to stay with them. Like, hey, no, Eric, we want to catch up. Like, let's see you. And I just think that's so great. And I think that's the kind of mindset that, you know, no, you can keep business and personal life separate. You don't have to let those lines get blurred. But I think with something as emotional as a wedding, 
it's easy to have those lines and blurred and then you were there for again invited honored to be part of such a monumental day in their life that some of their you know special friends and family weren't able to attend but mm -hmm. you were there and so you kind of got them off on the right foot and and set them totally. off um have you found yeah, I think, with friends post-wedding yes i think first i was gonna say um the whole concept of like bridezilla or groomzilla or whatever <laughs> whatever zilla it might be I I think that having expectations does not make you a bridezilla. And I think that for Great. me as a photographer, it is so helpful actually to ask, what are your priorities when it comes to this? Yes. What are your expectations when it comes to this? What are five photos you want to walk away with from your wedding day? To me, that knowledge is really helpful. And I find that in a way it could kind of fall back on me if I didn't preempt by asking any of those questions later on because the mm -hmm. client maybe had expectations that went unmet just because I never asked. And so it's kind of interesting because of course there are always going to be people where they are at that far end of the spectrum where it's like they have very high expectations and a very low budget. And unfortunately those two often don't correlate unless you have a lot of free labor and assistance to make that process happen. Yes. But for the most part, I think that the that clients are looking for someone to make them feel comfortable, someone to make them feel heard, someone who cares about what they care about and can deliver on that promise. And so, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's often a very personal process for people. And it's very easy to basically become friends because one of the first things I do when I um, am talking to a new client is I hop on the phone with them right away. Ideally, both of them if possible. Yes, I and love, love, love I tell them that. It's so great. And one of the reasons is because I have kind of a bubbly outgoing personality and I can get a little what? bit loud at times you? and excited. <laughs> I know, but I really want people to hear that because if they're looking for someone who's more quiet or reserved or someone who has a very specific direction, like stand here, look here, put your hand here. I don't think that I'm the right photographer for them. And I want to be able to serve every client that comes to my door the best that I possibly can. Yeah. And if I can't do that for them, then I'd rather refer them to someone else who could do that job better. So I think that it's just really good to see that because once you have that connection made with a couple where uh -huh. they, they love you, you love them. It's the process is so great because then it just feels like, you know, you're working with great coworkers, which is what you want. Like you're serving right. that client and you get along with them. And I think that's a really positive experience that I wish for every wedding vendor. I mean, I think we've all had client experiences where they were tougher than others. And those uh -huh. are experiences that we can learn from so that we don't, um, you know, make the same mistakes again, or potentially are able to direct that client to a, another vendor who might serve them better. Uh -huh. But it's so rewarding to have a client tell you, yeah, I really want to get together. Like, I'd love to see you again after the wedding because they actually had a great time with you and you spent so much time with them on the wedding day that they really remember your face. So. Right. That's <laughs> they something, can't wait. <laughs> yes. That's something, the way that I kind of word that at the end of a consultation is like, if you didn't laugh at any of my jokes or you didn't find that you could stand the way that I talked, then make sure you do with the person that you end up hiring as your you know planner. Because you're going to be talking to me a lot. We're going to have planning sessions. We're going to have phone calls. We're going to have emails. We're going to be so in so much communication in advance, probably sometimes even more than maybe your best friend or maid of honor mm -hmm. or, you know, some of your family members, you'll probably talk to me more than them. So you're going to have to be okay with laughing at my stupid corny jokes and not meaning maybe not be okay. 
even enjoy it to enjoy the full process. And if not to, you know, I fully support you finding somebody else that's going to fit that mold better for you. Because at the end of the day, you're going to need to feel comfortable saying no, saying, I don't like that idea or that suggestion and knowing it's not going to hurt my feelings the same way. Like you just said, you know, finding that exact fit of, do I need to be told what to do, where to stand, how to look, you know, are those the kind of pictures that I'm looking for? Or do I like them more, you know, natural, less posed, like just, I, I remember so specifically, um, and I think I, I think I wrote this in your review that I wrote back for you as well, <laughs> was that I loved the approach that you took with the bridesmaids, because that was one of the snapshots I got to kind of like be there with you, um, or at least be in the room while you did your thing. I kind of watched you for like a minute, which is kind of cool, um, to see that you were like, you had a, a, a Rolodex of questions that you were asking about like, who is, who, which bridesmaid of the group, like, and having them all kind of, like, respond, which bridesmaid is most likely to, you know, be early, or, you know, show up with a gift, or, you know, whatever questions you had, and kind of, like, initially, like, their faces were like, huh, what? And then the first person would chime in, or, like, two people would be like, oh, it's definitely this person, and then you get this yes. genuine laugh. So, yeah, I just, I just love that approach that you take to kind of engaging with people, and getting that to come across in something like a consultation, where they get to see your personality, like you said, you're bubbly. I'm bubbly. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't enjoy bubbles, then you need to carry on and move on. I also love that you said you like to refer people that you know are maybe a better fit for them. Um, I I don't necessarily get that opportunity if they, because I mean, I'm sure you get this as well. People just ghost you sometimes. They don't get back to you. They don't tell you whether they decided to go with somebody else or not, um, which if you're a vendor and, or sorry, if you're a client and you're shopping for vendors, and you've taken time out of your life to inquire with services with a vendor, and you had a consultation, and they wrote you a proposal and sent you an email, please, please just tell them one way or the other, whether you want to book them or not. It's nice that way they don't have to keep badgering you and following up, number one. And number two, it's just, I guess, common courtesy that they took time and they didn't charge you. I mean, some people I know do charge for consultations, but if especially if they didn't charge you and they took that you know hour out of their life to decide and see whether you guys were going to be a good fit or not. And it's not just let them know that it's not. And if you're able to let them know why, whether it's budget, whether it's, you know, you didn't think it was a good fit, didn't offer the right services, whatever, because then it can help that business grow. Again, none of us, at least I hope none of us would be taking it personally that we understand that you're going to make a decision. What's best for your day. This is our first time meeting you, but please, please, please respond. Don't ghost. So I, 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 sorry, off my soapbox. But no, I, I was actually going to say, so this is interesting too, because like I said, I've been on the reverse end of this where I've hired vendors in the past too. Um, mm-hmm. A great example is recently I was looking to hire someone um, to redesign my branding and relaunch a new website for me. And in the process, I inquired with a ton of different vendors and um, just because I wasn't really sure what I was looking for. So yeah. I needed to be in that process of a client figuring out what I, what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I had an experience with a vendor where I told them, Hey, I'm so sorry. I love chatting with you. I think you're so talented, but I don't think that I am the right client for you. And I'm looking for something that's just a little different. And they responded and their email was actually really mean and they were not nice to me and they were saying like that I have unreasonable expectations and all this stuff and it was it was so weird that it really helped me put myself in the position of a client where 
I think that sometimes clients ghost because they're nervous about how the vendor is going to respond. And so it's kind of an interesting situation where I am all in favor of clients reaching back out. I think that I, I would try to avoid ghosting at all, you know, at all costs. But if you have that fear, just know that the large majority of wedding vendors are not going to do that to you. They're going to be so grateful that you responded, that you, that you cared enough about their time and the effort that they put in just to give them advance notice either way. And I know that's definitely the case with me. If a client ever or a potential client ever says, you know, Hey, we're headed in a different direction. I always respond and say, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you took the time to just let me know that. And so that, one negative experience does not mean that everybody is that way. And it's good for me to remember that too. Like seeing that, okay, that's not the right attitude to have. I will not do that to a client. Instead, I will affirm their decision and tell them that I'm grateful for them. Yes. And I think it's so good to have that mindset because I remember um, going back to my retail days when, uh, which I worked as a manager at Hollister, uh, which I talked about mm-hmm. on the very first episode um, and was in retail, but in the training, which they did actually a really good job of like understanding and training of how you are a brand, how you run as a business. Um, so kudos to them on that. Um, at least the business science, not necessarily the execution of it. Um, but they did bring up the, the thing is that people, if they have a bad experience, will write a review immediately. If they have a good experience, it takes about 10 good experiences with that same vendor, same interaction before they will write a positive review. And so it's just the psychology of people that I know we work so hard as vendors to ask our clients after an event, Hey, these reviews are super helpful. They help, you know, people as they're shopping, just like you would go to Yelp about this restaurant and you've never been to the restaurant before. So you want to know how's the food, how's the service. And so oftentimes you have to take those reactions sometimes with a grain of salt, especially like you did, which you obviously perfectly did. And you had that reaction. You knew that that was not how everybody is and clients out there that are hiring people know that that's not the typical response. It's usually, like you said, the thankful ad. Thank you so much. I even say, thank you so much. People usually go, this really means a lot that you just let me know one way or the other that you decided. If you're not comfortable sharing, I completely understand, but like, or sharing why I completely understand, but otherwise like blessings, continued planning your wedding, have it be the best day. Bye. And that's, and I just, yeah, just wish people would do that. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I agree. I think something too that I have a feeling that both of us do and a lot of other wedding vendors too is that in that initial inquiry process when we're chatting with a client, we try to offer as much helpful information and advice as we can, even if Absolutely. they're not our client yet, because we want them to be educated and we know that for clients, this is their first time hiring wedding vendors. We don't expect them to know everything. Yes. Like no question is a bad question. And yes. so I think it's just really good to remember that too, that for, I would say probably 90% or more of wedding vendors, we really do want to serve you and we care about you and we're in this industry for a reason. And so I think it's good to just recognize that that, you know, hopefully initial phone call is one where you can walk away with just a better direction of knowing what you want, because maybe it took that conversation to know that this really was the right person for you or it wasn't. And either way, it's helpful information. Just like if you're, you know, getting out of college and you're looking for a job for the first time, you might have to go through a couple internships to see what you like and what you don't like before the right thing lands. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, good perspective as well. Um, so circling back to our overarching topic of 
getting demand for better service. Let's brainstorm real quick on some practical approaches we can take as vendors in the industry ourselves in our own respective markets or on you know the industry and the country slash world at large. What are some things we can do as vendors to help generate that better demand for that better service? I think one of the things we can do is educate our clients in a way that is understanding and respectful because mm-hmm. again, recognizing that those clients don't know everything and they shouldn't be expected to because this is their first experience with the wedding industry. So instead of treating that, treating their questions as bad questions or things that aren't worth answering, instead going above and beyond to preempt some of their questions by creating comprehensive wedding planning guides or photography guides or anything like that that you can send to a client once they first book so that they have a bunch of wealth of knowledge at their fingertips. I also think asking the client what they want so that you can do what they want. Like one of the things I always say to clients is your priority is my priority. And that's true. And so I think it's the willingness to adapt, which is something that I think Eric does. You do really well, Eric, because I I saw you you do it on um, Rachel and Joe's wedding day where you saw a timeline that could have easily been a little bit crazy and wild and you completely took control of the situation and got everybody together and made stuff happen so that everything would be set up in a timely manner and just completely on top of it. And I think that that's the type of stuff that we need to be doing as wedding vendors is going above and beyond knowing that our clients want something from us delivering on that and then doing even more for them. So I think it's the attitude and then the practical too. Yes. That's so it's, it's a it's a mind shift, and that's something that we can do. I I think to to summarize what you were saying, ways that as vendors we can create that better demand is by educating the people that are searching for our services whenever we have a chance to interact with them. Whether it's we have that opportunity to have them in a phone call, a convers like consultation or a FaceTime. Or I know a lot of people still like to do in person meetings. Not right now though. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe in the future again, but uh, giving them those tips, that advice that is going to continue as they begin their search or continue their search and they're going to continue booking vendors, something that they'll take then as they search for the next vendor and the next vendor and Mm -hmm. the next vendor as they continue to build their vendor team, knowing these things that are important of, you know, what do I want? Are they asking me that question? Or them kind of after they've, you know, then booked the, the florist, they now have a better idea of, of colors and direction they want to go with that. So then they're able to then go to the cake person, the baker and say, okay, here's my, you know, it's my ideas are starting to take shape and they have a stronger feel of it over time. But because of the initial conversation they had with someone like you or me early on, because I know people tend to typically book, you know, planner, photographer, venue pretty early on, um, that we have a little bit of responsibility since we are often on the front end of the booking process for the rest of the vendors to kind of set that tone, give out those, you know, educational tips, those, you know, best practices as vendors do them ourselves, but work that verbiage into our conversation about helping them set up expectations as they continue to move forward because then it'll yes. get them to ask the questions to the other vendors. I love that. That's great. Great. great <laughs> I mean, I stuff. think ultimately it's like the goal is to serve, 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 always be serving. And 
I think that we as vendors know, (laughs) yes, work. Um, (laughs) I think that we as vendors know too, that you can't pour from an empty cup. And so obviously we need to take care of ourselves and we need to set expectations as to what we can do for the client and what may not be doable for us. But us once we have those expectations set so you know we're not tell, we're not letting the clients run wild here we're we're giving them boundaries and saying this is my job this is my skill set this is how i can best serve you but then actually you know just doing it to the best of your abilities with a positive attitude i mean i think that's like the name of the game for this industry positive attitude name of the game absolutely and i know you said it earlier is you know check your attitude check your baggage you know before you you step into whether it's that consultation to the actual wedding day, going in with a positive attitude is so, so important. I know for me as a planner, I take that mindset and something that when clients ask me during a consultation of, you know, what makes you different? What makes you better than anybody else? And I'm like, well, I'm chill. Like on a wedding day, (laughs) I will keep the vibe low level. I could be stressed on the inside. I might be freaking out about how we're going to make this flip happen in time, or, you know, there was this delay, whatever it is, but I'm not going to show that to the client. I'm not going to show that to any of the vendors. I'm going to internalize that and just handle it. Because if I then keep the cooler, like this crazy thing does come up, like, oh my gosh, the AC stopped working for some reason. And bride's freaking out. I'm like, oh no, it's fine. Like we're good. I know mm-hmm. that the repairman's on the way and we're fine. And then I'm thinking like, okay, take the cake out of the room. Don't want it to melt. You know, yes. maybe take the flowers to another place where the AC is working. Just like I'm thinking of those things, but keeping it calm, keeping it chill, even tone for the day because that attitude and that like atmosphere kind of will reverberate and resonate among, and it'll trickle into each vendor and trickle into the bride and the groom and the mom. And then everybody's on edge. So like, if you have a positive attitude, that's going to do you so much service within your practice of your service, and then hopefully become positively infectious to everybody else that's working on, on that day. So yes, positive attitude, a freaking Man. Well, Aaron, thanks for all of that uh, that input. I love, love, love. Number one, the topic, the the three things that you mentioned about like being in the industry, what you need um, to recap for everybody, having that creative eye um, and having a strong grasp on your personal craft. Um, second is having a you know client focused mindset, and then the third is just being an ethical and good practicing business owner. Um, Aaron, was there anything else? that you, since you have this lovely moment and platform and time to share that you just want to get off your chest, any other pet peeves like salt shakers or anything like that, that you want to share with the world and the industry? I think we covered a lot, which is awesome. I'm excited to share this with everybody. I'm, I'm, I feel like we, we, we hashed it out really well. Yeah. And pretty, pretty articulately. I I mean, not to tune our own horn. I think so. Um, great. Well, I'd love to now give you this time to plug yourself. Tell people how they can find you. So you can find me. My website is erinmartinphoto.com. And my Instagram is at Aaron Martin. And Martin is spelled M-A-R-T-O-N instead of T-I-N. That's just funny. about to make sure yes. you clarify that. <laughs> that is the common one. So, but it's, it's pretty easy to find me. I work mostly in Southern California, but happy to travel if a couple wants to bring me out and I would love to connect and chat with you more. I feel like I always just love getting to meet new wedding vendors or people and share knowledge and what we've learned. So yes, Aaron is so supportive. I 
have enjoyed <laughs> following her on Instagram. Just, you know, her pictures just bring so much joy, number one. But then her interactions on, on social media, her comments, her likes, her just everything will be like, just follow her and we'll continue to create this lovely, inspiring, positive <laughs> attitude, client-focused, client-driven mindset in the industry. And we'll just make it a better place for us all to work and love and love what we do. So Erin, thanks yes. again for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you. And uh, look forward to sharing this with everybody. Hope you have a lovely rest of your day, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to, whenever you're listening to this. And we'll look back for you soon. Bye. If you have any questions you want to ask us or any topic suggestions you want to hear me tackle, please send an email to wedtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Also follow us on Instagram at, you guessed it, at wedtalkpodcast. Thanks again for joining. You can find all the links to accounts and where to find Aaron in the episode details. Please rate, review, subscribe if you've got a moment. And reminder that mixing is by me, so sorry about it. Music and logo by Aaron Gaines. Thanks again for listening to Wed Talk. Stay safe. Be good. Bye.